ones like these go a little like just they miss them because it's like well the bighorn the yellowstone the madison the missouri the big hole big big rivers that you hear people talk about because we can wander our way over you know because this is wandering ways what's bigfoot possibility hey how's it going uh, another day in paradise man how are you doing fan diddly tastic you know we're getting into this we're uh gonna have some fun today because i like playing out on the water i don't know about you guys but if you have listened to this episode any of our episodes you know how much i like getting out on the water so to talk about water you know, it's not the largest ocean in the world, the Pacific, but still pretty now, cool stuff. Th- yeah, today's today's an interesting one because, you know, we're going to, spoiler, if you haven't read the title, uh, we're going to talk about our top five favorite rivers, which is actually kind of a tougher one for me because uh, I'm kind of a beach kid. I'm an ocean guy. Oh. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the Pacific. I like doing things at the beach. I've lived near the beach. So, like, to me, the rivers, you know, they're like, they're like puddles. They're just like puddles <laughs> that are going, you know. They're, some of them are cool, but it's not the ocean. They're, it's like a, it's more of a me thing because I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm landlocked out here in Montana. And yeah, that's what we have. But see, the thing is, is it's fresh water. It's not salt. I see. I like that salt, man. You get in, you soak in that so that salt water. It helps you like heal. Add that with some grounding when you're in there. Like that's why the ocean is just pristine. You get those different minerals. Uh, fun fact about the ocean: uh, there's a ton of gold in the water. If you can siphon it out, it's just in very little bit uh, little particles that you can't actually like filter it because there's no filter small enough that can get it. But you can, you can make billions of dollars in gold if you can figure that out. So if you're out there and you know how to do that kind of thing, uh, check it out. It sounds like something you and I need to figure out to do because uh, billions of dollars, dude. Wandering Ways, the filter company. No, I'm just kidding. Put it all into Wandering Ways. <laughs> right? Stock. Yep, exactly. When we go public, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's with your help. That's with your help, listeners. You just got to keep listening. You got to like, subscribe. And, you know, one thing me and Mark were talking about before the show today was if you guys have like, hey, Zach, Mark, I'm just curious, what are your top five, you know, lakes? What are your top five, you know, places to meditate? You know, shoot them our way. We will let you know. Uh, We want to know what our wanderers' top fives are. You know, Calvin. Everyday Backpacker shouted us out not too long ago with his top five. Um, I think that was for uh, Adventure, Dreamlist Adventures. Um, yeah. So definitely, guys, send them our way. WanderingWaysPodcast at gmail.com. W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-W-A-Y-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. You know, WanderingWaysPodcast at gmail.com. We'll respond, uh, you know, send them our way. So I just yeah. want to know, guys. I just want to know. Yeah, please do. Uh, if you have ideas of stuff you want to hear, guests you think we should have, um, anything like that, com- comments, questions, concerns, 
Um, anything like that, just make sure you send it over to that wandering ways podcast at gmail.com. Uh, bones, groans, <laughs> bones, groans, and complaints, too. Yeah, yeah. questions, <laughs> comments, concerns. Uh, you know, think weather's been getting colder lately, at least for um, me here. Um, we actually had a little bit of snow up in the hills like the other day, which I was just like, uh, that's a new experience, uh, for me. <laughs> anyway, not- so means um it means that you know outdoor activities you got to bundle up a lot more no in october too because we got it we got our little dusting on tuesday here and uh it was one of those ones you know it snows at night because it's colder at night and then in the morning it's just on the grass or on like the roofs you know where like it's the streets and whatnot were all wet and the snow that was falling was melting but it's that October snowstorm, Mark. Welcome to the the high life, I guess. <laughs> Altitude. Yeah, I get. I mean, I mean, it didn't hit the town itself. It was up in the hills, and you can see the line where it like very vividly. So I didn't get like affected by it, other than I had to start scraping ice off of my car. Um, you know, I have to wear like pants and a jacket. <laughs> so. Nice. Actually, I felt very much like you uh, over in Montana because, like, literally two days before, it was, like, 70, 80 degrees. Uh, and then we had, like, a little bit of rain. And then it was snow. <laughs> you know, that's exactly – I mean, I like I, I like these fall storms. They're nice. Uh, I'm sad to put the flip-flops away for the year because, you know, they ain't coming back out till May <laughs> over here. Or if we go somewhere, you know, we'll go somewhere tropical in the winter. We'll see, right? Yeah, that would be that'd be kind of nice. Get out, although you know, winter adventures are just as fun. Um, but with it, you know, I haven't been able to do a whole lot outdoors um, because of my work schedule and that it's starting to get a little bit colder. I mean, I don't know. Have you done anything exciting? It's probably more hunting, fishing for you right now, eh? Yeah, you know, that subsistingary way of living. No, I, I, I struggle with that word so hard. Subsistence, subsistence. It's subsistence. Yeah, subsistence. Sustenance. Yeah. Sustenance way of living, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, I'm just uh, hunting, hunting for, you know, there's a lot of archery going on right now. Uh, I don't, that's, that involves too much time, I think, for what I'm, you know, I'm one of those Native Americans that in and out, punch in, punch out, you know. <laughs> get the deer, call it good. You know, we're good for the year. Um, you know, some of these guys like to make this, the, the guy, you know, the guys, the bow hunters, they're going to put in the hours, which I commend. That's, that's a, a crazy, uh, thing. My uncle actually is a big bow hunter, uh, puts in a lot of hours, takes a lot of time out of your day, but it's fun. You see, that's how they get those big bull elk. Cause they're, they're in rut during this time of year. You know, that's when they're bugling and, and mating and herding up with all the females. So, uh, they're easier to kind of, they're kind of acting goofier essentially is what's going on. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of bow over rifle. I mean, that's what I did growing up was bow hunt. Um, yeah, it's a white man's sport. No, I'm kidding. I mean, it turned into a white man's sport. Yeah, so it, it definitely cool. did for sure. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something to me. Like I, I more enjoy the sneak of it. And like being able to like, if you've ever called in a herd of elk, uh, oh. it's a pretty cool um, experience. So, I th- I guess that's more so why. I mean, you could still call in a herd with a rifle, but 
you know, it's just more common practice with bow. Yeah, no. And well, and you typically out here rifle season, they're not the, the elk aren't in rut. So they're not going to come to, a, why are they going to come to a cow call? Yeah. They're, they're not fighting the other bulls. You know, the testosterone is, is down, yeah. um, which I get. I, I mean, it's, I like it. Um, I'm just efficient. You know, I'm going to take my one day, shoot it with a gun, call it good. I, but I agree. I think, I do think archery hunting that you're stalking the animal. I think you're giving the animal more of a fair chance, um, which I think is fair, especially in this day and age uh, where we really have, like, you know, you go to some of those places where people hunt, like in the Midwest, um, down South, where it's like, yeah, that's just like, there's towns all around that mountain. So only up on that mountain is all the animals. Of course, you're going to go hunting up there. Of course, you'll get something you know, cause they're, bo they're boxed in, you know, out here it's a little more wild, but still as, as we grow and society grows and we put fences up and we do these things, it really changes the patterns of these animals and creatures. So it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I think it, it's sad to see that, that stalking. I think that's how wolf hunting should be. I think it should be, if you're going to open game on wolf hunting, only archery fucking two alpha, alpha predators at the top of their game going at it. Sure. That would be interesting um, to see how that would turn out in the long run. Um, would be. Actually, you know what I saw speaking of wolves? Um, actually, I'm pretty sure we put it on our Facebook as one of the articles yeah. about uh, them seeing wild wolves being born in Colorado for the yes. first time in forever. Yes, which is awesome to see because it's like people don't realize the wolves – are they would go all the way to the east coast that was their natural range there was a mexican wolf there was an east coast wolf there was a west coast wolf there was the gray wolf there was the alaskan wolf all these different wolves right and when they brought them to to idaho you know to the idaho montana wyoming for the uh yellowstone park they uh they brought the alaskan wolves which yeah they were more aggressive but they didn't take the large ones from the tundra they took the ones down south alaska that are were similar as similar as they could get to what was already down here and then they let them breed and grow and you know how i feel about wolves if you listen to our wolf debate but i i think you know we we, we look at it we got to look to the experts who are studying what is needed for these ecosystems um we have destroyed a lot of our resources you know take the redwoods for example 97 percent of the original redwoods are gone and 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 there's still a lot that three percent is still a lot so when you think about like how much we've really taken away and you look at these areas like we're still exploiting the land here in montana wyoming north dakota south dakota you know with the oil and everything there the coal all that right because it's unused land it's take it take it use it and we we need that for the different things but there's all these consequences to our actions you know and and not necessarily those are always thought of um so yeah it's like fracking have you ever looked into like the impact fracking has like well doesn't it create a lot of sinkholes right yeah it does that it ruins the water supply in the area um like fracking is like arguably like one of the worst things uh, we can do. Um, there's a documentary. Uh, it's on climate change. I mean, it's the classic, like, we need to do something or else the world's going to go away type deal. Um, but it's Leonardo DiCaprio is the, like, main 
narrator in person he goes through this it's called before the flood which the flood has to do with like a whole biblical story and all that but they there's one shot i always think of um when i think of fracking and it's from that documentary and it's straight up they're in a helicopter like above it and it looks like they're flying over like mordor from lord of the rings and that one always i'm always like and like we don't need that no and it, it it's it's interesting to see because then you get the argument about like the electric cars right the batteries and like the mining that it takes to get those and 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 the arguments and really it's just the industry leaders arguing back and forth if we really break it down but um it, it's just it is it's interesting how all this stuff is um but like I say, I got, you have to always default to the, the experts, the people who are studying the impact of the wolves, the people who are, you know, studying, you know, Hey, this, you know, we saw that the bees came back. We saw that this happened, you know, yeah. with everything. With I, I full-heartedly yeah. agree with the statement. You have to rely on the experts, but be cautious of the expert. You know, you want to, not only do you want to find an expert, but you want to see where they've been and see if they have any affiliation with anybody, because sometimes experts will sell their soul uh, to make a quick dollar, because a lot of these scientists, unfortunately, don't get paid a whole lot. So they are, they may be behind on some bills, maybe in some debt, or maybe just having a rough time currently, health, you know, and they just need a quick dollar. And it's easy for them to go out there and say, hey, wolves are pointless in this world and we need to get rid of them. And boom, all of a sudden people are like, Mr. Expert says. Exactly. You need to, you definitely need to fact check and see where the money's coming from too. And and I, I love when we we're like, oh, fuck the government, right? Always. Yeah. But look at how, yes, the government, and I think fuck the government comes from how slow they move, but because of the processes we've put into place where it's an elected official, it's an everyday person who's really working the nine to five, they're just putting in their time so that they get their pension, whatever, right? And it's, it's those are people that are the ones really that you got to listen to and watch because they are the the like experts in that sense because they're they're the ones following the book and you got to look at how the research the funding of the research you know how many of our textbooks in high school and middle school and gra graduation school uh did petroleum companies sponsor and why yeah why <laughs> we 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 get mad at hitler for controlling the education system in uh, you know, Germany before his, his rise to power. Um, and you look at, you look at where our money is being spent. You, you look at the, the, the large, you know, when you see these COVID bills go through, right. Yeah. You're getting your thousand dollar check, but that's only $300 million of this $4 trillion plan, right? That's just a small piece of the pie. Go look at the, who's getting the big pieces and why are they getting the big pieces and when are they getting the big pieces? And what are the results of those? And that's just with any industry, you know, take it to the wolves, take it to the, the parks, you know? And what I like about our parks is they're funded pretty good. And the people who like working in them like it for what it is and they're fun and they want to keep them there for everyone to have. So 
100%. I don't know. For me, it's the joy when I go into a park. Like I love taking people to parks for the first time because it's that joy. And I think there's a lot of rangers and workers in our in our department of uh, interior that really do care about our parks. Hundred percent. And you know, it doesn't just extend to the parks. It extends to uh, these wonderful things that we call rivers oh shit brought it back wandered our way left wandered our way right wandered our way up and down and he brought it back yeah uh you know i i do that time to time but you know it is it's rivers and so we are going to go in to our top five favorite rivers that we have experienced again uh there are as you probably all know there are a lot of rivers uh, from big ones to small ones. Um, some people will argue are more of a creek. Other will argue that they're a river um, or a stream. That's the other one people will say too. Um, but regardless of it is, we're doing rivers, ones that we have, uh, that we enjoy for various reasons. I'm willing to bet um, Zach has way different reasons for liking some rivers than my reasons for liking the rivers that I like. Um, that being said, uh, we're going to start off with the number five. Uh, Zach, do you want to open it up? I got you. Uh, I got I to gotta ask a quick question. Is it creek or crick? <laughs> you know, I, I think it actually just depends um, on how you're using it. Oh, you know? Yeah, maybe. maybe when it's a broad term, it's a crick, but when it's like the name, it's something creek, or is it just a spring? Oh, ho, ho. whoa, but different names. Who knows? Know. But my num, but my number five is no doubt a river. It is one of the largest river rivers in the PNW. It is the mighty Columbia River. You know. Um, what I like about this is the magnitude of it, the sheer size, the amount of water. And to think that they've dammed it up in places along this river, where would it be at if you didn't have all these dams on it? And yeah. the cities that suck water off of it. There's a lot of big cities that suck water, you know, Portland being one of them, off this river. Um, they have big ships. It was used in World War II. You know, Kaiser, there's a big net, a big Kaiser Permanente over there on the West Coast, but Kaiser built his shipyards there in Portland for World War II battleships and that used that river for those. You can go fish on it. Lewis and Clark traveled on it. And then when you drive 84 on it, you're winding the whole gorge. And it's, I don't know, there's something magical, especially when you drop down into it. Um, and then you go see like the Multnomah Falls and all these waterfalls coming off onto the sides. And you can get up on top and see down below and see how far. And it's just a really unique one. And then it opens up into the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that river actually will make a return as it is on my list. I'm going to tell you when it pops up on my list. But what I will tell you is it's not number five. I can imagine that, especially especially knowing you, knowing you're from Oregon, right? That's one of your rivers, you know, like people are probably thinking Zach's got a Montana river lined up, up, up on there. Got it, got it, you know, yeah. home state pride. No, it's very true. But we, I will make a return on why I like that river later in this top five. 
Um, but going with my number five, I am going to go with an Oregon River, but I'm going to go a little bit. It's a smaller river. It has a scenic drive to it. It's got a highway named after it. Uh, we've been on it um, looking for things. We've been, I've been on it in a whitewater raft. And it is the McKenzie River, just outside of good old Eugene, Oregon. And if you haven't been down to that area, um, the U McKenzie River Highway goes Eugene to like Ben, Sisters, and uh, Central Oregon there. It is gorgeous drive. Um, there's hot springs along the way. The Blue Pool is along the way. There are a lot of adventures on this river that you can do. Like I said, you can even go whitewater rafting on this river. Um, I've done it, I think, twice whitewater. Um, and it, it's, a it's not like as crazy of a river um, for whitewater. So if you're a beginner, it's kind of like a pretty decent one um, for beginners along it. There's some great waterfalls. Actually, there's some superb waterfalls on this river. Um, so, I mean, it's a great one, the blue pool to the waterfalls, uh, to the location of it, the hot springs along the way. Um, there's just a lot to offer with this river. It's a good checkout if you haven't um, been down in that area or if you're looking for somewhere to go, that area, McKinsey River. Yeah, no, I, what I like is in the springtime too, the blue of the water that you can get, um, just some gorgeous colors. Um, with the green foggy backdrop that Oregon can provide sometimes, you know, and I think the Mackenzie river is also a big fly fishing river um, yeah. and, and good fishing. So if you're into that. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot you can do on that river. Um, number four for you. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go down South in Colorado. There's a river called the Conejos river. Um, it's just, you know, a couple miles north of the Colorado, New Mexico border from a town uh, called Chama, New Mexico. And growing up as a kid, we had a cabin down there, which like looking back, you know, it's a blessing because you're like, this is some beautiful, beautiful country. Um, and, and you sometimes listen to Matt, buddy talk about Northern New Mexico. I, I'm like, this is a place I want to take him because it's just one of those cool mountain towns. Um, you, kind of go over the pass there's a pass there and you you drop down and there's that river the Canales river up there in colorado and uh we we would fish it all the time uh we'd go get the the you know the colorado three-day pass to go fishing and we'd fish over there we would um drive it because it would go up to like all these little lakes that we had um along the way uh Pilato reservoir and and whatnot and uh, there's just beautiful Colorado, Southern Colorado, the aspen trees in the fall, um, you know, the herds of elk, we'd go snowmobiling back up in that area. So in the winter, you know, it would be a Creek, uh, in the way the snow, I mean, down there, you also have like red river, New Mexico, which is a cool area for that as well. But just a picturesque, nobody around place. You know, we, we, I think this is the river we were fishing on, uh, Oh, we had a beagle. She got bit by a rattlesnake right in the mouth. Um, and what was shitty was she was getting into our garage and eating uh, the rat poison we had. So it was thinning her blood. So she actually ended up bleeding out. And her last day, we took her to the river because we're like, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere and 
there's no doctors, no, no veterinarian that could save her. So it was just, it really sucked. Um, but yeah, that was kind of, it was like, well, let's just take her here somewhere peaceful and just hang out with her. And she kind of died and sad, but it was a beautiful yeah. river. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be a good place to go. I have that yeah. kind of memory. Yeah. Um, for me, I am leaving the state of Oregon for this one. It's a river, actually, to tell you uh, in complete honesty, I haven't spent a whole lot of time on it, um, but the like one, maybe two times that I have spent on it, uh, it was uh, unique and I have good memories of it. Uh, it's actually the Blackfoot River. Oh, that's on my list too there, cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, part of the reason why I enjoyed the Blackfoot uh, was the whitewater rafting, even though I had got screwed that day. The way where if you, if I haven't told the story, I'm going to retell it. But it was when Vince, Phil, and I did our big trip. We were going to Fourth of July up in Sealy Lake, Montana, which is close to where Big the Blackfoot River is. And Zach was like, "Oh, we're going to do a big thing. Uh, we're going to go whitewater rafting." Mark, you have guided before, right? I said, "Yeah, I have. I've guided on a river that I'm going to talk about later." Um, and I've done a bunch of other uh, whitewater rafting kind of stuff on a lot of the rivers that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> um, but when I heard guide, I heard me back the boat. Everyone's got paddles. You know, I'm saying like, all right, everyone forward three, everyone like left one, two, and then you go back right type deal. Which no. we should have done, which we should have done. And this last year when we did it, we did do because of, because of this. <laughs> I got stuck with a damn rowboat, just me and two paddles, one side on the other side. And I did all the work. <laughs> yeah. Well, so those frames, so it was our raft. We have, you know, a nice raft that you fit eight people on it decently. And, uh, mm. What was shitty for you was those frames that you put them in there for fishing so someone could sit up, fish, and control. It's it's more easier for that, right? So when you're more yeah. drifting down the river. But when you're getting in those rapids, you really have to be controlled. And I think those are the rafts people end up flipping on rivers because of how it's just it's harder. But then you also, the oars, you have to have, make sure you have good crew. But that's a fun river. And, and I'll talk about it here coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean... You also I, I just that's the trip I think of. It was a blast of a trip. But man, I just remember hitting a couple of those thinking my biceps are gonna tear. And like I'm just fighting it on like a left, trying to like keep this thing straight. And I remember towards the end, like I wasn't even trying to get us to go down straight on. I was just like, let's just get through this. We have to spin cycle through a rapid. We're spin cycling through a rapid. Well, and what I like about uh about that too people don't realize is me thea vince and phil were all sitting up in front yeah like no one sat in the behind you i think it would have been better if one or two people would have sat back there oh well, i i don't know i don't know i mean i i was just like my arms were shot at the end because i was just like either pushing i was pulling or just trying to keep it steady <laughs> yeah well we got paddles. We're going to, if you come back out, we we're going to do it the other way. Oh, so. good. That's, that's what I need. I need, <laughs> I need a team effort there. Right. No. Um, that's a good river to have. It's a fun one. 
Yeah, I mean, I haven't been on it a whole lot. I want to get more, but that one experience, it was a good river to be on. And I mean, that's that's why it hits number four. I like whitewater rafting, so it's easy to get on this list if you're a good whitewater rafting river. Well, yeah, and Joe worked there. Uh, we interviewed him, uh, and that was a river he guided on. And actually, if you put in kind of where we pulled out at, um, they uh, it's actually a little bit... Um, there's more rapids. So the more towards Missoula, you go on that river, the more white water you get. So we actually did more of a stretch, like a flatter stretch, which is good for, kind of for what we were doing with those people that day. Yeah. Cause there was a lot of people. We had two rafts. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the stretch we did was good. There wasn't like any too sketchy of, um, no, it's too sketchy of rapids. So that for what we had crew wise, um, that was a good, that was good. Um, but number three for you, the Colorado River. Um, and for this one, I've had I've had some experience with it because, you know, I've gone down to the Grand Canyon a couple times in my life. I've been blessed to do that, um, as well as Bryce Canyon and, and Capitol Reef and, and just kind of the, the whole Utah, New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, that desert and how this river has helped form that area. Um, you know, Horseshoe Bend, you know, just immaculate views. Um, the Grand Canyon itself, that river carved that. Um, and when I, again, that's another one that has dams on it. And, you know, how, how high is it if it's not dammed, you know, on that Grand Canyon? How, um, you know, like, how different does it change the landscape? And that's something I, I'm, I'm curious about because, I, I, I like, I like these rivers, you know, but I don't, we don't think about the dams that pop, stop the water. So like it changes the landscape downstream, but also the way they flood and the fact that there's all these cities that are leaching that, like, where do you think the water that's in your soda comes from? Like where they're getting that fresh water from some type of water source, meaning our rivers, our, our lakes, our streams, right? That's why we have reservoirs. And it's just interesting. And that one to me just, because what it is created, you know, Horseshoe Bend, I don't think is as cool as it is if that dam isn't there in Page, Arizona. I think it eats away more so quicker, changes it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, um, it's one of those things you don't know, though, unless, unless uh, it's not there. Tear them uh, down. <laughs> it, that's a great river. I, I mean, I debated um, putting that one kind of in my list. Um, I didn't go so much the scenic ones today. I did more of the, the ones that are probably more just sentimental to me. Um, but when you're talking scenic and cool shit, Colorado River is up there. I mean, Horseshoe Bend, Grand Canyon, um, pretty, uh, almost everything of Utah <laughs> is at Southern Utah. A lot of it has to do with that Colorado River. So Lake I mean, Powell. Yeah, Lake Powell. I mean, there is just a lot of cool stuff when you're talking about that Colorado River. So um, and I think it goes all the way to Rocky Mountain National Park. I think that's the headwater essentially for. for I, I don't know where the headwaters is. All I know is that river is involved in a lot. Um, it has got a lot. Um, and it's definitely it's definitely worth a visit if if anyone has not been there. And there's a lot of places to check out that river. <laughs> yeah, there really is. And it's a cool one. It's a pretty one. 
Yeah. Uh, number three for me, uh, this is one is really just because I've done a lot of white water on it. And uh, yeah, I, there's a theme with my list. It's all white water, <laughs> or at least most of it. There's one river I have not white watered, and it's because you can't white water. Um, but the Saniam. Oh, that's a good one. Saniam River is a good one. I have been fortunate enough to white water that one a, a bunch of times. Um, I, I Probably one of the worst planning mistakes I have ever done involved the Saniam and Whitewater. Um, it was when we were in the fraternity, or I was in the fraternity. I don't think you were uh, in at this point. Um, but it was my job to organize the summer rafting trip, and I did not get rafts. So what I convinced our treasurer to do is we went to like uh, Big Five, and we got these yellow rafts that you can just little tiny rafts uh, to go and do this river on. Uh, on the box for these rafts, it says, do not take in white water. <laughs> so we, we, had about, we had about nine of these at the start. Uh, we ended with about uh, seven or six or seven of them. <laughs> you can fit two. Three was a real stretch of people. It was a trek. Uh, it was a huge, huge planning mistake. Uh, screw up on my part. Uh, but I've done some other rafting on it. I've guided that one in the tiny raft and in a bigger raft uh, like three times. Um, it's got a good stretch of different kind of rafts. Again, runs a pretty part of Oregon. It's a little bit farther north from the McKinsey. Um, there's a lot to do. Detroit Lakes up in that area along the Saniam. Um, you know, it's a good it's a good river to check out um, if you haven't. And white water, you can do it in little uh, floaty tubes that aren't really considered whole white water rafts. So uh, check it out. Playing a little better than I did, uh, but it's worth one to check out. Yeah, that is another good fishing river. Oregon has some good fishing rivers uh, for trout and steelhead, for sure. Uh, a lot of fly fishers. Indeed. you wanderers for checking us out uh make sure that you are hitting that like button that subscribe button leaving us a review on the itunes on the spotify's or wherever that you are checking out this podcast today uh we really appreciate it any kind of feedback uh we love it uh make sure to check out the youtube so you can see our uh, beautiful faces instead of just listening to those beautiful voices but uh hit the like and subscribe button there too to see all of the fun wandering way stuff yeah, on the YouTube too, make sure to check out those videos like Mark's amazing 30-day road trip where he lived out of the back of a Jeep. And if you want to commemorate it, go ahead and pick yourself up that Wandering Way swag in the Linktree bio, click the swag button. If you're just on YouTube or Google or some sort of thing, go teespring.com slash wanderingways. You'll find us. You'll find socks. You'll find shirts. You'll find whatever you want to put our logo on and you can have it for sure. And maybe you only like one of the Wandering Ways team members here and you want to check out maybe just me personally because obviously I might be the better one. Uh, check me out, Reverend Marcus on the Instagram, on the Twitter. I got some fun stuff there. Hey, and you might be into Jeeps. You could check out my Jeep, the Ruguru. You might be into adventures. Check out Zach of Wandering Ways. Who knows? You can find it all with us at Wandering Ways, the nature podcast. Yeah, let's keep wandering on.
before we hop into our last two, it's time for some cool shit in nature. Cool shit in nature. I got two things for you today, uh, Zach. The first one, I want to make sure. I, oh, yep, I got it all lined up. First oh, one no. is a picture. It's a cool picture. I just think it's a cool picture. Um because it's just it's a grizzly bear and some oh, steam what? that's coming off of like a geyser or some sort of thermal. So it's, that's it's a very cool picture. That is a neat picture because it's just a cool grizzly bear with some steam around it. <sighs> yeah, it, it it you know it's it's one. This is one that you would have on your wall. That's the quality yeah. of uh, this picture. Um, you know, you can't really see his legs because there's enough steam. So it's just it's just a grizzly kind of walking through that uh, steam, which is super, super cool. This next one uh, is kind of a hilarious one. So um, if you're watching the video, you can probably just read what uh, what the video title yeah. is. But a lot of questions get as there's two guys on the iceberg and there's a boat backing away. And my head starts going, why are why why are they just leaving these two guys on the ice iceberg? Like I feel like bad things could happen in this moment. Yeah, especially when it says iceberg flipping over and these two yeah. guys are standing on like, oh, 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 yeah, like they just fall in the water. Like, yeah. what what do you think's happening? Oh yeah, shit. I know. Now they're like you see everyone's like in oh shit mode. Yeah, like. It just looked like how cold do you think that water is? There's ice floating in it. Oh yeah, I mean, like I don't know why they left them on an island or an iceberg like that um, with that water being so gosh darn cold. Um, like there's a lot going on in this where I'm like, what, like what is the boat crew thinking? One, why are they on the iceberg to begin with? But yeah, it's. And for people that are just listening, uh, this is not a small iceberg. No, like it, like they're trying to climb it to get to the top, it looks like. And I think the perception here is like the iceberg is bigger on bottom usually. Yeah. Like, so you could climb them, but just poor planning on my, on their part, I feel like. hundred percent. Don't, don't poorly plan. Don't, don't do a mark and <laughs> bring rafts or non-rafts to a raft trip. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's just, I mean, there's a lot going on. I, I mean, first off, if you were one of those two climbers there on the iceberg, especially the guy that's a little farther away, he, I mean, he almost gets crushed by the yeah. iceberg. Yeah, but like my question, my question to that too is, do you, do you, like, do you have water suits on? What are you wearing? Oh yeah, oh yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you hope they have like some survival suit kind of. Yeah. On. I think uh, you got thirty seconds, a minute, and you're dead. Yeah, I mean, shoot, uh, that's some cold ass water. I don't even know if Wim Hof, the Iceman himself, would do okay in that. Well, especially, especially because like it doesn't to me, it doesn't look like they're wearing like yeah, you looks like you're wearing clothes, but you look like you're wearing like. Clothes to stay warm on land, not warm in the water. So if 100%. you fall in, like, and the people scramble. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot going on in that video, but I, I thought it would be a good one to share. 
Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, but anyways, hopping back into our top five rivers. Uh, we're going to we're into the final two, the top two. Let's go. Number two for my guy, Zach. Uh, that, that, bringing back the Blackfoot. That's the one. Uh, I, what I like about this river, too, and, and we talk about it with Joe, is there's just so many good rivers in Montana that ones like these go a little like just, they miss them because it's like, well, the Bighorn, the Yellowstone, the Madison, the Missouri, the big hole, big, big rivers that you hear people talk about because they're cool. But the Blackfoot's just it's up there. There's not a lot of people on it. You, you know, we're, when you're rafting, yeah, you'll run into other rafters and people on it, but not as much as you would some of these other rivers. And that's one thing I like. I think what I also like about it too is there's different aspects of this river. There's the like calm parts. There's the more canyon-esque parts, uh, like when it goes into the Clark's Fork there in Missoula. Um, the, the more rapids you could hit, like we were talking about earlier, you can go further down and hit more rapids or you can go further up and I don't know, just the area you're at and those Montana valleys that this river goes through, you know, where it's like you're in this valley and there's just mountains around you and you're like, ah, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I mean, Blackfoot's a nice river. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's why I made my, my top five. Um, yeah. So I feel you on that one. My number two is a callback as well. It's the Columbia River. I'm bringing the Columbia River's number two on my list. And it's it's because it's that's my hometown river. Um, you know, I my I grew up 15 minutes from it. Um, you know, I could ride my bike out to the jetty and see the mouth of the Columbia into the Pacific. You know, uh, they have a race where you cross the bridge from Washington to Oregon on it that I've done. It's, uh, it's like a little six mile race. They call it the Great Columbia Crossing. Um, I've heard people see great white sharks in that wow. river. Um, I've seen a whale in that river. You know, it's it's a it's an incredible. I've done a ton of fishing on that river. Um, you know, there's a lot. It's a huge river. In um, there, I mean, it's it's got the history part of it, Lewis and Clark to World War II. Um, it's a big, big piece of it. And then, I mean, I haven't even gotten to the gorge. Um, I've been just staying staying to where I live, 15 minutes away from my parents' house. Uh, and that it's just got a lot that you can. Whether you're driving just from like uh, Astoria there to like a sweet home or not a sweet home, a St. Helens or a Scappoose, Oregon. Um, you can drive along that river a little bit farther west of it um, than like the gorge. But it, the Columbia is a great, it's a fantastic river. Um, you really, you really can't go wrong with there's a lot to do from boating to fishing to um, bird watching to seeing a whale. <laughs> so, yeah, I, there's two things about this river I want to say is there's, if, you, if you're in the Portland area and you want to go down to, a really really cool spot on this river where it kind of where you do kind of feel like it is just you out there um go up to ridgefield washington uh and there's some good parks uh there's a native american longhouse they actually built up there uh in which you go down and you're down on the river it's really pretty me and matt did it it was really rainy so there wasn't a lot of people when we went um but the other thing is i want to go see this river in british columbia 
Oh, way up like, I Like, we haven't even talked about that because we haven't experienced that. Yeah. But, like, could you imagine? That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting to see. Um, yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, but, yeah, Columbia, that's my number two. Uh, moving on to Zach's number one, top one river. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Yellowstone. The Yellowstone. I don't think that was a shocker, though. I don't think I don't think I just shocked anybody because like that's my hometown river. You know, it's a minute away. I go down to Duck Creek like two to three times a week just because like I'm tired of sitting in my house. I'm like, put me by some water. You know, I'll take my computer down there and hotspot myself so I can work from there because it's just peaceful. Um, I've spent many hours on this river. I've fished this river. I've rafted this river. I've done photo shoots on this river. I've gone into Yellowstone Park and seen this river. I've seen this river from front to end, you know. Um, it's beautiful, the way it comes out of Yellowstone Lake. And that, like, and that to me, when you see that river, the way it comes out of Yellowstone Lake and it comes right to the shoreline, right to the grass, right to the top of the grass, essentially, it's just like level. And to me, that's where our river should be at. Like when you go see the Yellowstone River here in Billings, you're like, it should be that hall. But like I say, that's where we're sucking the water away. We don't think about that. You know, we talk about the hundred year water plane and breaking that, but it's like, yeah, we've created that because we're sucking water away. So we need to keep water at certain levels. And so it lasts for hundred of years. Um, but it's just, it's, you get the natural-esque part of this river in the park. You have Yellowstone Falls. Uh, you have Yellowstone, the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. You have the way this river spits out into Paradise Valley, you know, in Gardner there, Hell's the Roaring Canyon, and it pops out, and you can whitewater raft it there, which I've done, which is awesome. Um, but then you can even go a little further, and that's Paradise Valley. That's some of the best trout fishing in the world comes out of there, um, and people love it. And they call it Paradise Valley for a reason. And then it gets and goes up with I-90 through Livingston there and right down to Billings here. And what I like about this aspect of the river is this is where that river in, that, in these 90 miles or so is really changing from a mountain river to a plains river. So you're getting that. You're in the foothills there of the Rockies. And right kind of Park City Billings area, it spits out. The rims open up and this river really slows down and becomes... A plains river and it moves slow as it moves into the missouri river and you can argue by how the yellowstone falls into the missouri that it becomes uh the missouri river is technically the yellowstone river at that point like the missouri river falls into the yellowstone and then the yellowstone actually or so the missouri right actually the Mississippi flows into the Missouri and the Missouri river goes out to new Orleans, but they've just called that Mississippi river. If you, if you look at the way the water and the, the headwaters, when these, they come to meet how they, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. It's a cool river. Um, yeah. And it's undam. It's the largest undammed uh, river in the United lower 48, the Yukon, I think up in Alaska is the, is the largest, but it's uh, there's diversion dams. So where they are sucking water off this thing, but they haven't actually thrown up a dam and, you know, like Fort Peck Dam or, 
you know the the dowels and all that kind of stuff you got on the columbia but yeah it's a cool it's a cool river i've got i've, I've spent a lot of hours on it a lot of beautiful because you can get those mountain pictures of the yellowstone then i can go out to miles miles shitty as i call it and uh <laughs> go take pictures of it out on the plains and it's a beautiful plains river so i feel you no, yeah it's a, it's a good river uh yeah. you know i haven't i've seen it I've seen a few times. I've been on it, whitewater rafting. But it's it's a good river. Yeah, you know. I mean, all my rivers, even this one that I'm, it makes my number one. I've whitewatered. I haven't guided this one, but I've probably done the most whitewater on this river. And my number one is the Deschutes oh, River. That's a good one. Yeah, the Deschutes River is a fantastic one. There is stuff to do on this river all along it, whether you just want to swim, whether you want to fly fish, whether you want to whitewater raft, whether you want to just float it, you can find a spot to do that. And it runs, and so it goes through some beautiful parts of Oregon, right there through Central Oregon there, uh, Bend, Redmond, uh, Maupin is a huge place for whitewater rafting. Uh, it's pretty much the only thing to do in Maupin, Oregon. Um, but Bend, uh, you know, you're by, you're close to the Bachelor, all that fun stuff. I have floated this river tons and tons of times where we just get an inner tube and we do like mini whitewater rafting it's just like basically some rocks and you know you go through weave your way through rocks and you may hit like a kind of a whitewater-esque but it's not not nearly like the traditional whitewater my little rafts i had on the sandy m would have been perfect for the stretches we floated <laughs> but you know it's great i've i fly fished it before like the you know the four times i've ever fly fished um <laughs> i've swam in it a ton of times it's beautiful area um right there in the middle of central oregon great views um i've hiked along it you know i've, I've pretty much done uh, as much as you can on that river so it's a it's a it's a doozy of a river highly recommend yeah, I, I, I like what you say, because the Clark's Fork is like that in Missoula, the float inner tube where it's like, yeah, like you go to experience the white water, but go down yeah. it. And, and to me, there's so many great rivers. You know, we just covered five of our, our top and that's a, the Deschutes right there in Bend. Oh, that's a pretty river. Um, it's, it's, it's a good one to have at the top of your list. And, and I, I think of like all the other ones, because I'm like, I even did kind of what you were talking about. I rented a canoe on the little Miami river in Ohio, when I lived in Cincinnati and it's right there in Cincinnati. And there's places where you can rent a canoe or boat or kayak. They'll put you on a bus. They drive that bus to the spot and you get off. They drop your, the boat you rented and they float it down and you drop it off essentially where you rented it. And I, there's so many cool places like this. And like you said, mopping. And, and how it's known for whitewater rafting. Yeah, out in the Utah desert, Escalante, I think the town of Escalante is just known for like, this kind of just the stop where you can do all that or rent that gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, there's lots of places on a lot of rivers. And again, you know, we only talked about our top five um, and why we enjoy these rivers. Um, but anyways, it is, we're at the end. We've done our top five, which means it is that time and I'm going to be that guy. 
time for the final words. So final words, my man, Zach. Hey, if you guys listen this long, thank you. Uh, really appreciate it. You know, shout out to you guys, the true wanderers. And uh, yeah, we want to hear your top five rivers. I do at least. So shoot them my way. Uh, and why? Like, what you, do you like it for fishing? Do you like it for the whitewater rafting? Because apparently that's what Mark likes his rivers for. Um, or do you like it for just the sites, the, the scenery, or do you like it for, you know, it's the Hudson river. It's a cool, that's a cool river there in New York, the travel, the, 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 what it can bring to the table, you know, what is your reasoning? And I think that's, what's really cool and unique when you talk about places like this, that Mark's reasoning for these rivers was more raft oriented where mine turned out to be more scenic. Um, and, and you can have reasons for liking places differently than one another but still have that common love for these places and i think that's going forward something to appreciate and look forward to and i am excited to hear if you guys would like to share and uh i want to ask you to keep wandering on so that's it for now love it i love it uh reverence final words of wisdom uh you know just thank you everybody stay beautiful you guys are amazing um i say it every time but i can't thank you enough uh, it really is a pleasure. If you've listened this far, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hit the like, subscribe, all that. Leave a review. Uh, helps out the podcast. Um, so we would appreciate everything, every little bit you guys do. Um, you know, if you're looking for more from the Reverend, make sure to check out theunathletictrainer.com about all stuff, sports medicine, physical fitness, all that kind of fun jazz. Um, it's been going for a while and it's been fun. Uh, it's just me kind of throwing out blog stuff. Um, so it's not too exciting, but it is entertaining. Um, that being said, everybody, you know, thank you again and uh, peace out, everybody. Bye.